Are UFOs alien Uber drivers that simply got lost? How do tornadoes work? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Yo! Welcome back to This Paranormal Life. This is the Paranormal Podcast where every Tuesday we investigate a different paranormal tale, case or claim and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. As always, you're joined by myself, Mr. Kit Groomalvena, this guy across from me, Mr. Roy Pars. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm doing fantastic. Excited to be back for another episode of the show. Uh, excited not to be hosting, as usual, and uh, excited to just find out what we're gonna what we're gonna get stuck in the middle of this week. Today's story comes courtesy of a number of readers, including Shabazz Syed and Tracer. So thank you to both of them for saying Tracer this one again. Tracer's knocking it out of the park lately. That's crazy, yeah, because Tracer, whoever they are, um, was the one who emailed in last week's suggestion of the the Moon Cave, Mm. uh, which actually turned out to be one of my personal favorites, not just because it led to the Hollow Earth and Agartha itself uh, for a number of different reasons. So, wow, thank you so much for the submission. Keep sending them in, guys. Hell yeah. Yeah, not very often that we have... uh... Reaper, McCree, where's the rest of (laughs) y'all? Tracer's living up to their namesake lightning fast suggestions today what i am about to describe is sometimes called the second most famous ufo case in history wow today's story takes us to the pascagoula river in mississippi back in 1973 when 19 year old calvin parker and charles hickson aged 42 are fishing on the river it's a cool october evening and the men have been fishing all day when around 9 p.m The men hear a zipping sound. Huh? What is that? Can you hear that, Charles? I'm getting a crazy buzzing noise over here. Nope. But then again, my hearing ain't as good as yours, kid. Although, wait up. I think I'm getting it. What is that? Is, is, Is it getting louder? They hear this thing getting louder and closer. It became so unbearably loud that both men felt instantly nauseous. Then, quickly, a light in the distance started racing towards them. Whoa! Closer and brighter, closer and brighter. It was a blinding blue light. And inside it, a large and long craft of some kind hovering above the ground. Look, these are men of of the countryside who have come out to have a relaxing evening, catch a few fish, maybe tell some tall tales. Maybe crack open a cold one with the boys. Is this is this boy drinking age? How old is the boy? He's not, but it is Mississippi in the 70s, so... <laughs> he at least has a fake ID. Yeah. This isn't what you want. No. This isn't what you want at all. I'm just imagining the older gent, Hickson. He's been regaling Parker uh, with all his, like, old man tales of the world and what a badass he is and how many giant fish he's caught. And the moment he sees that blue light, he's like, let's get the... F- out of here <laughs> he pisses himself and jumps into the river yeah this is intense this is the equivalent of going out to get some chill breakfast at starbucks and your muffin explodes <laughs> and your tea is acid right you didn't ask for any of this what you wanted to be a very relaxing time has become quite stressful very fast yeah i'm like if if that happened to a skydiver it's like well you're a thrill seeker you kind of wanted to live on the edge yeah uh yeah no this is going to a spa day and then the jacuzzi 
gets a mind of its own and starts pumping out 10 times the power of water. <laughs> Did I mention the staff are lizards? Hungry, <laughs> hungry lizards. Yeah. Not so relaxing after all. They watched as a hatch opened and what the men described as three robot-like aliens exited the craft. Wow. They were around five feet tall and completely gray. I know what you're thinking. That sounds a lot like other stories we've covered on this podcast, which could be an interesting point in itself. But these were somewhat different from other UFO encounters. For starts, they had claws for hands. Wow. Um, okay. I think at one point these were described as like a lobster's claws. Uh, they had no neck, small slits where their eyes and mouth should have been, and their nose and ears were sharp and pointy. Wow, okay, yeah, this is very different. Most bizarre of all, instead of two humanoid legs, the men claimed that their legs were joined together like a single pedestal and that they glided along the ground floating. Oh, okay, kind of Flatwoods monster style. Exactly. I think they had claws as well. Yeah, it did remind me of some previous descriptions. Definitely a bit more rare, but... um. It's very interesting to get these little pieces of these little nuggets of information because whilst it's interesting if they match other stories because it could be a real type of alien, it's also interesting when they differ and are that much more believable. Definitely. Before they know it, in a haze of recollection, next the men find themselves on board this spacecraft being examined by these otherworldly beings. Although terrified, they seemed to have no control over what was happening. Parker would later say, I was kind of numb and went along with the program. Then, poof, they were back at their fishing poles. The men scrambled into their car to try and regain their senses and wits to calm their nerves. Parker turned on the radio for some distraction as Hickson reached into the glove compartment for a bottle of whiskey, which he started drinking. I did that. I didn't even embellish that bit of the story. That is what he did. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> Parker looked at Hickson. What do we do now? Jesus, Jesus Christ. I, I don't know about you, but I want to forget all of this. All of it. Nothing leaves this car. We've got to go tell the sheriff. That's what we're going to do. We don't have a choice, Calvin. We've got to find out whatever the f*** that was. Parker knew that Hickson was right, and they drove to the sheriff's office. As it happened, the police were not surprised to have more visitors that night. By the time the two men arrived at the sheriff's office, several people had already reported sightings of UFOs that night. Wow, okay, this is what we like to see. One person described what they believed was an experiment near the local Air Force base. Another mentioned something that looked like a helicopter. This clearly strengthened Parker and Hickson's resolve in telling their story. I mean, it's pretty much the dream scenario. If you get probed by a five-foot gray, the last people you want to tell are the police. They're going to ridicule you. They're going to disbelieve you. They're going to tell you to get the hell out of their office, basically. So the best result you can possibly hope for is you get in line at the police station. They ask you, how can I help you? And you say, I'm not really sure how to say this, but I've been abducted and probed by an alien. And they go, take a ticket and get in line, buddy. We've all been probed. <laughs> yeah, the the thought of these this man and this boy outside being like... <laughs> 
look, this is going to be a difficult, difficult conversation. These are, these are old school God fearing men, but uh, I really think we can win them over and just, we have to just be honest and tell them what happened and hopefully they'll believe us. And you open up the door and like, there's a line of people. Some of them are covered in goo. Some of them have like tentacles coming out their ass. It's like some of the aliens with the pointy nose are in the queue <laughs> you're to rat on humans <laughs> yeah it's like you're actually the least weird thing in the room yeah that's great <laughs> they're just like some hillbilly took my laser gun he's a goddamn liar he's a guy i'll kill you pew, pew, pew. <laughs> i had this before i was abducted i swear to god <laughs> so the police took their story and whatever the man told them the police believed enough to take it somewhat seriously So, Rory, I wanted to show you a drawing of what I believe the police took as a visual description of what happened that night. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Similar like we have with regular crimes, where um, sometimes an illustrator who works alongside the police will will sketch out kind of um, a rough image of what the perpetrator would look like in a crime. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Jesus Christ. So, scratch that. (laughs) They've drawn a little stretch art. They've drawn the blueprints. They've drawn the blueprints to the alien craft. Yeah, this is not what I was expecting at all. Um, As I said, you know, typically if it's like a Caucasian male uh, with a mustache and maybe a light scar under his eye, they'll come up with something like that. This is a, a drawing of a space egg. Right. With actually a lot of information and measurements on it. And then a sketching of what looks like a, a troll doll with slinky arms not a lot of like definition on the humanoid alien um but we do get the ballpark like you say it's got kind of long arms and a squat little figure i guess that's the thing you know with humans we all kind of look the same so when it comes to uh an illustrator working with the police department they're like okay did he have any defining characteristics maybe a mustache or a scar if you sit down with these guys and it's like well for a start he had one leg and he was hovering like a jet i'm just <laughs> like, just imagining the uh, office illustrator he's like right, we'll slow it on did he have the mustache or not well i couldn't see it was pretty dark and uh i don't know maybe he- he's drawing the mustache anyway he's like right 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 what did you say about claws big paws on him <laughs> he, i'm not sure if he had a mustache and you've actually that's a pretty big mustache uh for I an think alien you're just gray. doodling <laughs> There's no time to focus on facial expressions yeah. because he has a goo body, pale white <laughs> skin, and and what they're saying is elephant feet. I mean, yeah, they might as well have just, instead of drawing anything, just scrolled the words, you can't miss them. <laughs> just yeah. say alien, and presumably there's only one alien in town. Yeah, you don't need to put up a most wanted poster with this image. Yeah. You can just see... He's got you... a birthmark and a tattoo on his back. Yeah, if you see a gangly-looking space mother <laughs> out there, just kill it immediately. Just shoot. Yeah. But Parker and Hickson did not stop at the sheriff's office. They told the press too, and the whole story went nuts. It was everywhere within days. Soon, every newspaper and media outlet was contacting the men for their side of the story. They even got an agent to help promote themselves. Oh boy. Uh, what uh, is that bad? Rory seemed to be grimacing in the background there. Look, we've, we've done a lot of investigations into UFOs before. 
This is a step in the wrong direction. <laughs> this is someone who had an experience attempting to utilize it in a way that um, they can turn it into some sort of career opportunity, yeah. a money-making scheme. This is what we don't like to see. This is a big red flag. They uh, didn't. The uh, they didn't contact the Mississippi State University to get the researchers. Involved. They went straight to the Sun. Yeah, and uh, um, TMZ. So they got an agent, and this agent cleverly arranged for the police to... I didn't realize agents could pull these kind of strings, by the way. The agent arranged for the police to conduct a lie detector test on the men to prove that the men were telling the truth. I see the logic here that there was obviously enough naysayers responding to these media interviews that they were like, you know what, f*** it. Before this gets any further, let's just prove once and for all that they're telling the truth. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the police agreed. And that is a lie detector test that both men passed. Wow. Now, is that asking questions pretty much as black and white as, were you on board an alien craft? Or was it more like, did you see something weird that <laughs> night? I would hope. I don't know. I would hope that the Mississippi State Police would be more to the point than that, you know. They're from the south. They they're not like you know. They're not these coastal elite beater on the bush cops you get in California or whatever. Right. Uh, they were just like, listen, did they stick a probe in your butt? I got a little league baseball game to get to. <laughs> were you abducted or not? So despite the agent being a gigantic red flag, I think this might have been a pretty good move. Okay, okay. Uh, because it generally created an atmosphere of people believing the men. And all of this even drew the attention of the, wait for it, you guessed it, the center of UFO studies, J. Allen Hynek. What? And James Harder. He's still alive? <laughs> what year is this? This is 73, so he's still kicking about. There's no way he's still alive and still working. <laughs> Should Wasn't my case in the he, 1940s? Should we see when he died? I think it wasn't that long ago he died. 100%. Can we see? Are we going to be the first people to realize he's been alive for 400 he's years? The, that's why he's so <laughs> interested. He's a UFO. Did I mention he's got seven foot arms and a beak? He's actually pretty weird looking. Okay, I exaggerated a little. But he died in 1986. Yeah, he was around for a minute. So... I realize we're probably driving some people crazy out there, but I'm pretty sure most listeners will realize that J. Allen Hynek's name comes up quite a lot, pretty much every UFO episode, yeah. because through the 40s, through the 70s, he was the guy. He was the preeminent wow. UFO researcher for a bunch of people, but including the government under Project Blue Book and other projects. Yeah, yeah. He was seriously discussing, he's like, look, we have plenty of evidence to suggest these UFOs are coming from space, but there's also plenty of evidence to suggest they're coming from other dimensions. He's like, I don't know which it is, but it's one of them or both of them, which is <laughs> insane to think that anyone who has been employed by the government thinks that. I love that it seemed like he was going to reel it back in at that second one. It's like, <laughs> sure, it does look like there's a lot of evidence building up that aliens have been visiting us uh, for the last couple of years. But... The, re the red dot sight is on the back yeah. of his neck. <laughs> but he's like, wait, hold your fire. I think he's going to back down. 
there's actually more evidence uh, to prove that they've been here since the dawn of time. In the hollow earth. <laughs> the sniper misses. <laughs> he gets too excited. <laughs> Damn it. That has got to be the worst sniper of all time. <laughs> Can you imagine being a sniper who misses a shot? And afterwards, you're like, I'm sorry, man. I was just so f- nervous. <laughs> it's like, what? That's your one job is to snipe. You got to blame it on something else. You got to be like, hey, those f- military nachos we had for dinner last yeah. night, they f- me. There was a, there was, frankly, there was a dog barking and a crow went right by my crosshair at the precise moment. I kid you not. A dog barking isn't good enough. Yeah, it's actually it's not. like you're in a war zone, sir. You need to be able to deal with bombs and shit. So yes, like we say, J. Allen Hynek, this guy is the man behind Project Blue Book and essentially... Professor Xavier of everything paranormal. If anything passes through the sky remotely resembling a UFO, Hynek will be there. And he personally visited Parker and Hickson to try and understand what happened. His associate, James Harder, tried unsuccessfully to hypnotize them, but nonetheless, Harder concluded that they, quote, had experienced an extraterrestrial phenomenon. Heineck himself drew back a little, but said they, quote, at least had a very real and very frightening experience. Okay. All of this helped their credibility enormously, but it did not stop the waves of accusations and skepticism from the skeptic and scientific communities. There were small inconsistencies in their stories. So, for example, at first they said the creatures had a hole for a mouth, Uh, That later changed to a slit. Skeptics claimed that the officer who conducted the lie detector test, which was very relied on, was inexperienced. Inexperienced. Four foot and gray. (laughs) Slit mouth. (laughs) Slit eyes. Pointy nose. He's a f***ing snowman, basically. And that might not have been that interesting on its own, but Hickson did refuse to take another lie detector test from a more senior officer. I don't know what is going on at this police precinct that they're just taking orders from whoever. It seems weird, doesn't it? But uh, interesting that he wouldn't do it again. They also pulled up some of Hickson's past, uh, including him recently being fired for scamming his old colleagues out of money. That's not good. And it was around this time that Parker had a nervous breakdown, perhaps from the stress and trauma of everything they had been through, but it could also have been the first sign of a rift between the two men. He might have been stressed out about the fact Hickson was doing everything he could to promote their story and change their lives, something Parker was actually trying to shy away from. Right, right. So while Hickson went on TV shows to talk about what happened, Parker went home... (laughs) took a bath in literal bleach in case aliens had infected him with anything and left town for good. Won't that... What? It's it's bad for you. Right? Very bad. I thought you weren't even supposed to, like, touch bleach with your bare skin. He probably, like, diluted it. Maybe just had, like, got in, rinsed himself off. I don't know. Jesus. Okay. Sounds painful, though. Yeah, it does. I mean, shampoo's pretty sore when it gets in your eyes. Yeah, if I get even, like, a little drop of herbal essences in these bad boys, (laughs) I'm crying for, like, an hour. Yeah, you're not, like, the the woman in the advertisement, like, you know. Yeah, basically having, like, an orgasm in the shower. No. Oh! You're you're like, oh! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not the ad. 
there should be like a uh, like a man version of that, right? Where it's just like <laughs> he's just because it's it, it looks really nice when the girls are doing it, but there should sure. be like a dude version where he like puts in some like head and shoulders, and he's like, oh, oh, <laughs> f- aggressively, uh, yeah, just like, uh. <laughs> that's so disturbing. <laughs> Because, yeah, because in the women's one, there's, like, tropical birds Flowers, flying around. Yeah. She's, like, she is Mother Nature. She's Gaia. She's Eve in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Whereas he would just be, like, a sailor, a sailor <laughs> at sea for six months on a Navy ship in the bathroom jacking off. <laughs> the, the, the advert just ends with him in the shower, like, with a cigarette, like, oh, <laughs> oh. And that just, yeah, shows the product. Uh, Lombardi for men. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't be the, associated the with that. The scent of the dead. Oh, God. Wasn't it Lex Shotgun Blast who had his own... Uh, no. Yeah. Who was it that had his own uh, fragrance? Yeah, I think that was Lex. Was that Lex? Yeah, he had his own fragrance. With the, I think the catchphrase of the advert was, is that so hard to believe? <laughs> I love it. Oh, I miss Lex Shotgun Blast. Hopefully he what makes a do. comeback. Yeah. A bit like Admiral Floating Gun. Yeah. Did he get promoted? I thought he was a colonel. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> There's a star and a gun now floating. <laughs> Pretty easy to spot now. That's right. Parker skipped town. He started working in oil fields and uh, found a lady and got married. Um, and if anyone recognized him on a job, he quit and found a new job. Wow, that's really kind of badass. Over time, the whole thing became a little muddy and less believable, not only because of Hickson's willingness to make money out of the whole thing. And for years, this is where the story ended. Believers will believe that a UFO visited Mississippi that day, and skeptics will think that the two men lied and fabricated the whole thing for fame. We really didn't go much deeper into what they remember from their time on the craft. Because from what the way the story was told, it seemed like they were pretty conscious of the process of being abducted onto the craft mm-hmm. and whatever happened on that craft. But then the blackout, uh, as it were, happened when they were basically beamed back to their fishing spot. Yeah. Yeah, did they ever did they ever talk anymore about like what happened on the craft? Was there any experiments, any weird things that they saw, star maps, hieroglyphics? It's a great question. The whole story is basically as long as I've described. To both men, it was an incredibly brief and hazy experience. Right. They described losing all control of their bodies, being essentially paralyzed. One of them I think claimed that they were like, I guess they injected us with something because I couldn't move and Ooh. barely remember anything. Um, which is why they don't really remember even boarding or exiting the craft. It's almost like if you hit your head and then memories started coming back to you over time. Right, you right. You kind of can piece together what happened uh, without being totally conscious. It's a great point, though, because we've had stories in the past which are incredibly detailed where yeah like antonio villas boas i'm pretty sure he banged the alien uh <laughs> we've had abductees try to steal shit from the craft and then get caught by the aliens yeah yeah the travis walton uh story that we did a, a classic two-parter he went just walkabouts on the ship saw yeah. a star map tried to steal a book and then i think a bunch of 
like human aliens knocked him out yeah and sent him back to earth yeah so there is a big gap because then we also do have those stories of people who basically saw the craft blackout yeah. and they're just driving home and it's been like five hours and they don't know what's going on i mean it's really hard to determine which is more realistic i mean there's something to this where you know it's like what we do to animals what do we do when we want to take them into the lab we shoot them with a dart gun from a distance they black out we take we go shit we've got 30 minutes till this <laughs> son of a bitch wakes up yeah we do everything we need to and then we dump him out i mean that bear probably thinks he was abducted by aliens he's going around telling all the other bears be like <laughs> you guys have no idea pointy what nose pointy ears <laughs> paws like little meat flaps they couldn't <laughs> scratch anything even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Like I say, this is normally where the story ends. Until 2020. 47 years later, a new piece of evidence has emerged. A man who worked as a police officer in the sheriff's office that Parker and Hickson went to, who was on duty that night, came forward 47 years later, claiming that he fielded about 50 calls that night from people claiming to have seen something in the sky. Wow. He also revealed that that night, while interviewing Hickson and Parker, he had secretly recorded them using a voice-activated tape machine. What this means is we can actually listen to the unedited conversation between Hickson and Parker that night in 1973 when all the officers had left the room. Wow. Did you say a voice-activated recording machine? 
Yes. How did he do that in secret? Because <laughs> back then it was probably a giant <laughs> computer. <laughs> just great to think of them in an interview room and it's like, now boys, if you could just take a seat, um, this would be totally off the records. Uh, no one here is going to activate recording. I'm sorry. <laughs> recording activated. Are you, are, are you recording us, man? No, that was totally off the record. Um, it, there's nothing else going I think on. I can Continue. hear a tape. Sure. I can hear a tape loop. If you could just avoid talking in that direction. It's, a, it's actually pretty loud. It's kind of hard to even talk over. Can you just the tell us about the, the gray? Tell us about the gray you saw. Right, but is this on the record? <laughs> You're like, I think I heard a man cough on the other side of that mirror. Uh, yeah, it seems a little advanced for the time, sure. But the fascinating thing here is that this will go one of two ways. Either the skeptics are right, and once Parker and Hickson have been left alone, they're going to break their f***ing act. Or we're about to hear the real testimonies from the men themselves to each other. This is exciting. So I've just played you a tiny clip of what is actually an over half an hour of raw audio from that interview room. Um, as you can tell, I don't know if you picked anything out. Incredibly bad recording. Yeah, I'm going to need a transcript for that one, <laughs> Cause, I think. Because it's the 70s. I think I maybe heard hell on earth at one point. Seems like the uh, this voice-activated recorder was lodged somewhere like <laughs> underneath their f- asses in the chair or something <laughs> it seems like the kind of thing that was probably tried to be discreet but due to its size <laughs> was probably under a comically large hat <laughs> like an absurdly large hat i'm not surprised if that entire conversation was like all right can you tell me what you saw that night why is your hat so big <laughs> never uh, mind that, that is that a regulation hat that seems really strange and, and enormous are you going to a wedding it's a giant it's a giant hat but I do, I do have a transcript of a little bit of what we just heard. Jesus Christ. God have mercy. I thought I'd been through enough of hell on this earth and now I've got to go through something like this. See? But they could have, you know, I guess they, well, they could have harmed us, son. They had us. They could have done anything to us, but they didn't hurt me. I'm one of the investigators who uh, came into possession of this tape. Uh, he described, he was like, my hairs are standing up on the back of my neck because... This is captured the moment the officers have left the room, the moment the men could talk about anything, and they're saying to each other, we barely made it out alive. Yeah. What this tells us is that the men are not lying. Whether what is going on today is paranormal or not is up for debate, but the men were not bluffing. Yeah, it seems like whatever happened, they genuinely believe that they were abducted by aliens. What are some of your thoughts about what's going on so far? We're seeing a lot of things we like here. Uh, we're seeing, you know, two guys 
when they're off camera still continuing with their story um this happened on a night where there were a number of other witnesses of ufos yeah there's just i don't know i'm missing the heart of this story i'm missing uh i'm missing that little bit that really pushes me over the edge i mean it is a little strange getting an agent to help you deal with the uh, the press you're getting off sure. the back of an alien abduction. I mean, but then again, we do have half of the party involved basically wanting to disappear completely, which, yeah, you know, that sweetens the pot a little bit. I don't know. This is a really weird one. What a strange story. It is. And I think you hit the nail on the head before when you say well, you're missing the heart of the story. And that is because what happened was so brief and lacks so much substance we have basically i mean a lot happened but basically these guys caught a fleeting glimpse of the most amazing thing to happen to a human ever yeah and now we have to decide whether it really happened or not yeah because even in the um other cases like the cash landrum case where the floating diamond came down mm-hmm. it was a kind of a similar story where there was uh, a blackout period mm. where they don't really remember what happened on the ship but uh afterwards you know People's hair fell out. People had radiation poisoning. There were physical consequences. Yeah, they were also describing the physical properties of this craft in huge detail. And it uh, it left imprints in a lot of different parts of their lives. This is a pretty clean-cut case. They came, they abducted us, they threw us back down, and now we're here telling you. It's a professional job. Yeah, it's actually a pretty clean job. As always... And I would be remiss if I didn't mention them. There are a couple of potential explanations for what happened that are not paranormal. Some people have suggested that the whole experience that Hickson described sounds like a waking dream state. The state right before sleep when you can experience hallucinations. He claims to have been paralyzed by these things, which could have just been a sleep paralysis. Even the way he described the ship as a bright blue light with its buzzing noise... These are all, apparently, characteristics of a waking dream. Uh. Not to mention, just one month after the abduction, the men were on a TV game show, and Hickson said Parker had been unconscious the entire time. Is it possible? (laughs) What? What do you mean? So Hickson said that, because Hickson really took the lead in a lot of this, and Parker was the guy who disappeared. Right. And Hickson claimed in that first month afterwards, he said, well, that's partly because Parker was like unconscious the whole time. He was like, I'm the one who kind of saw everything happen. Got it. Right. I thought you said he was unconscious the entire time he was on the game show. (laughs) And I was like, how is that even television? Why wouldn't somebody help him? (laughs) They're taking me again. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you can just say if you don't know the answer to the question. I feel them. They want me back. (laughs) All right, question of the night. What do you call a warm drink popularly caffeinated and consumed across the countries? Question to Hickson. Oh, they're they're coming again for me. Whoa, I'm losing consciousness. Okay, Hickson, we're going to have to pass on the question if you don't know the answer. I definitely know it. I just... Oh, do you guys not hear the buzzing? Oh, yeah. I would you, say, you have a buzzer and we, we don't hear it. it. You haven't buzzed into a single question. I definitely, I want it on record that I know the question. I probably could get it and I could probably actually win okay, the Okay, you got jackpot. five seconds. We're going to pass seconds. on the question. Oh. Bye.
Oh, oh, I feel like these are unfair circumstances to put on your guests. One. If you wanted me to lose mid-abduction. Put it over to Parker. For sake, man. He's asleep. Okay, back to Hickson. <laughs> <laughs> Parker is dunking himself in bleach. All right. <laughs> Where to get that? The other possibility, my friend, is that they were both on LSD. Right. I guess that's the possibility of every single one of our cases. That's right. Uh, it has been posited that... You know, the man described this hazy, bizarre, blinding lights, crazy noises situation where they both eventually black out, have a terrifying experience and wake up again, uh, seeming to have both shared some kind of trip, whether it's physical or mental. Right. Um, that could be maybe they didn't want to say that that's what they were doing out by the river that night. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you could convince yourself, maybe if you're them, you could convince yourself that can't have been the, the f***ing drugs. I've smoked weed. I know what drugs do. That they Drugs don't put you on an alien craft, <laughs> yeah. but maybe it did. Yeah, that's a really good point. That does seem like more of an extreme version of, uh, I don't know, taking a substance like LSD. Usually you would see something pretty weird, not be 100% convinced <laughs> you were taken to space on an alien craft. Um, yeah, but, you know, we've got an extraordinary case, which requires an extraordinary explanation and yeah. extraordinary evidence which we don't have that's very true the evidence portion of this case is lacking slightly yeah i was sure i uh i was sure i had more but uh <laughs> here we are but rory we mustn't mess around we gotta come down to a conclusion at the end of every show uh what does this case say to you does it say paranormal or does it say not i'm gonna keep this one short and sweet uh, in cases like this, um, it is it is already tough to convince me and our audience as mm -hmm. uh, professional paranormal investigators that something like this took place. If the two people involved are themselves disagreeing, it seems like, on the events that happened, that's a big red flag for me. Getting an agent involved, talking to uh, newspapers, going on game shows, that's another red flag for me. Uh, I don't think this case necessarily has the evidence that I need today uh, to be convinced that it is truly paranormal. So I'm going to, it's going to be a no. It's going to be a no for me. More than fair. I think sadly, whenever I was researching this case and I reached J. Allen Hynek, the great Hynek Meister. Yeah. When I reached his conclusion about this case, I think something in the back of my mind knew that I too would think the same thing. I believe that these men experienced something terrifying and traumatizing. Uh, but he stopped short of saying that they experienced a UFO and a paranormal event. I do um, admire the optimism of opening the podcast with saying that this is the second most convincing UFO I, encounter I, I, I didn't of say all convincing. Time. <laughs> I'll ask you to be more correct and accurate on the record. I said... Famous. I think you said Second most famous. Borderline. If you don't believe this, then right, it's f over. You said I'm. So I did convinced. say that before we started recording. Before we the yeah, mic yeah. turned on the mics, you're like I'm so convinced that you will say this is a double yes. Yeah. I bet my freaking you gave me the keys to your car, yeah, bro. But that was off the that was off the record. That's not. You gotta, I was like I don't even need a car. You gotta. I, and you were there's like, there's I no way you're getting this keys. There's no way you're getting this. Keys. I don't want the keys. I've tried to make this very no clear. Listen, I see you looking at the. F keys you're not getting them i don't want your car i was all it was almost weird Who want, you don't want push. my car because it's a bad car you're turning your nose up at the car you don't it's, want my car it's a fine car. 
you don't want a 1994 uh, novelty uh, colored clown car? You don't want the clown car? No, no. It's all I could afford, okay? So I would appreciate if you don't rag on the clown car. It's I so went to small. the dealership. He said, what's your budget? And I said, I'm a podcaster. And he pointed me at the clown car. But it gets me from A to, well, it doesn't because it breaks down all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's not I even actually, a good car. I called you to pick me up on your electric scooter just uh, just yesterday. Yeah. So you're saying you don't want the f***ing car? I don't want the car. Nobody should have that car. It's imba- I think he was more trying to make a joke about podcasting being a clown's profession. I don't think he ever even thought you were going to actually put an offer yeah. down on the clown car, which was quite generous, by the way, because I think on the, the bonnet it said like $450. Yeah. And you... I think you got a second mortgage. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I hope my parents aren't listening because because this would be bad if they knew this. But they uh, recently paid off their mortgage on the family home. They don't know that I remortgaged it. Right. So they've been paying that off for for thirty years. I actually just remortgaged it. And the problem uh, is gambled some of it. <laughs> Spent all the rest of it on the clown car. The problem is, is uh, you know, the clown car is only useful right. when you know how to do the f- clown trick where yeah. you fit like 20 people in that thing. I don't have that many friends. We don't have do that, that, that stage capability, that clown know-it-all. We can't fit. I can't even fit in the, the, the damn thing. I have to sit on top of it. Yeah, I've, I've had to uh, actually learn a lot of yogic poses just to kind of suck all my internal organs into a tighter space just so I can sit in the front. Um, and then it breaks down. So <laughs> everyone ready to go, right? All right, it's not started today. <laughs> We're going to have to Uber. <laughs> we, we order Uber, a clown car comes. You got to be kidding me with this. Did you order a f- Uber XS? <laughs> there should just be like Uber everything. Uber scooter, where someone just guy comes and picks you up. I thought you were just going to say like, uber shower you just like you just oh. eat, you're just in a you just did a workout outside a guy just comes and like puts a shower head over you or just like it's like oh, i really need to shower you like search and it's like oh this this dude will let me in and i can go <laughs> use his shower so grim do you have any lombardi shampoo <laughs> sir <laughs> oh <laughs> hey it all comes full circle boom it is a double no though <laughs> seriously it is uh, thank you so much to Shabazz Syed and for Tracer for sending that one in. I loved investigating that one. It was so close. I was ready to say yes, uh, but it just wasn't happening. But if you disagree, remember to email us this podcast at gmail.com with your thoughts, with your opinions, yeah. with more suggestions. Tracer, we're looking at you. We're looking for that home run for that hat trick the third episode deliver the payload we hope you have enjoyed this episode of this paranormal life as always if you cannot get enough this paranormal life remember to head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life where for around five bucks a month you get access to a whole host of bonus episodes full-length investigations that are too hot for tv above that at 20 bucks you can get your commune uniform the this paranormal life not a cult t-shirt I don't know why we have to keep saying it. Everyone knows at this point that it's definitely not a cult. It's like, it's like a legal thing. You'd be surprised when, you, when you're shipping around the world. A lot of countries that, I'll be honest, have been told that we're a cult. They want us, to, they, they need us to say it out loud. We are right, not like a, a cult. Verbal declaration yeah. that we are not a cult. We are not a cult. We are definitely a cult. Not a, sorry. You got it <laughs> Kind of biffed it on that, that third one. Yeah. But two out of and three ain't bad. that's the kind bad. of thing that's messing us up. <laughs> 
two out of three ain't bad. This is me at a, the airport security. <laughs> like, all you had to do was say it three times. He tries traveling uh, business or pleasure, cult activities. I mean, pleasure. <laughs> I mean, business. sacrifice humans or no, just regular, regular pleasure. <laughs> The guy's like, bro, I don't care. I'm in a cult too. You're like, <laughs> yes, brother. You have to go through customs. Do you have anything to do, to uh, declare, sir? Cult or just no, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> Surely it's so easy to think of the word nothing. No, it's almost effort to yell cult <laughs> on the flight. Would you like any drinks or refreshments or cult? You have a cult <laughs> diet there, cult. <laughs> Patreon is the place to go if you want to get more episodes of This Paranormal Life and support the show because we do not run advertisements and it's the only way we keep the show afloat. F*** advertisers. We, are, we make our own money. We make it. We make from the from the people. We're the podcast of the people. I don't need your Squarespace, your MeUndies, your friggin' uh, Casper mattress fortunes we say what we want we do what we want and that's what makes this podcast great but if anyone out there in supporting the patreon if they do have a casper mattress i would like it i need underwear as well i need yeah. fresh new underwear please so yeah. me actually and, me on these and we don't have a website we can cut this if any sponsors are out there and are interested <laughs> in uh in in supporting the podcast we should blackmail sponsors and we'll say <laughs> We're going to badmouth you until you pay us. If you give us money. The sponsorship is we don't mention you because we're already badmouthing you. Yeah. And if you actually pay us a little extra MeUndies, we'll talk shit about Casper mattresses. <laughs> we'll we'll badmouth other companies. <laughs> They're like, we own all these companies. What? What? <sighs> this is me on the phone to uh, one of the Apple geniuses at the, uh, the Apple bar. If you pay me money, I'll talk shit about AirPods. We own AirPods. The Apple Watch then. <laughs> HomePod. There's no way you own HomePod. And if you haven't tuned in for a while, you might have missed that we have launched a YouTube channel. Guys, that is where we are posting highlights. This is the best of this paranormal life in video form with cameras facing our faces right now. Yeah. Captured for the first time put on YouTube. So make sure to head on over to youtube.com forward slash this paranormal life. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell so you get notified whenever we drop a new video and check out the best bits and hang out in the comments. You're going to want to see this video, guys. This is the, the video equivalent of scientists f slamming a microscopic camera 200 feet into the hot ground and revealing the face of two prehistoric beetles that have never seen sunlight that's the kind of look that we've got going on uh, in right. the studio right here and that's something you don't want to miss yeah that's something you don't want to miss at all and as always the links to everything youtube patreon socials the works are in the description of this podcast so open your podcast app including my socials actually i'm gonna throw mine in there really because we talk like a lot about like Oh, you know, support. That's kind uh, of a good idea. Support the YouTube channel. Support all this stuff. No, support Rory has powers on Twitter. Okay, that's where I because I want. Right. I actually right. need that MeUndies. I need the MeUndies specifically. You want it specifically? Yeah, I, don't I think want that's it how it works. I didn't have to be part of the podcast. Sponsor the podcast. I I, I just need underwear. Dude. Well, if you're up for it, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll plug my own socials in there. No, we don't need to. We don't need really? to because through mine, like they'll probably find yours. 
I don't want to like clutter up the links so. and shit. I don't think so. I don't think you have ever interacted with me. I interact with you a lot, but you never actually like like or reply anything. I just like back. I'm already aware that like we'll have like our YouTube and we'll have our Patreon yeah. and we'll have uh my probably TikTok, Instagram, uh Twitter account, maybe my Snapchat. Don't quite use a that lot a lot. Rory has powers for all those. So that's what, already what if like we just put in one for me. I'll just do like a smart URL all of my socials in it's one. Too much, it's man. Like, it's, we're talking it's like messy. five characters. That's messy. You know what? You I guys don't think that's messy. If everyone just follows me, I'll like I'll just I'll do a tweet and be like, "Hey, here's Kit." And I'll just like even like tweet a picture of your face. Yeah, I mean, they could probably find you from that. I've asked you to tweet a bunch of stuff about the podcast. I mean, I actually had a GoFundMe recently because I actually broke both my legs in a clown car accident. Right, and uh, I tweeted out the GoFundMe, and I said, "Hey, bro, it would really help if you got this out to the commune because the commune don't know where I am. I've been trying to, trying to get them to find me, but they won't find me." And you said, "No worries, brother." I believe I said, "No worries, brother," but. Honestly, you don't have a leg to stand on, LOL. And then I didn't reply for several days. Yeah, and you said you were going to donate to the campaign and, uh, well, you didn't. So. I donated with a retweet. That is currently in my drafts. Yeah, because you didn't. I know. didn't, I haven't sent it yet, but it's, I've got it all typed out. I don't think you can draft a retweet either. So I didn't do the retweet. You caught me. All right. I didn't even look at the f***ing tweet. How are your legs, by wow. the way? They look really swollen. Mangled because I didn't get to go fund me. That's fair. All right. All of my socials, and then I guess like I don't know a link to the GoFundMe for your le- your mangled mangled clown. Well, likes. it's too late. They've set. <laughs> They've set in a bad position. They're like backwards J's. <laughs> You've been doing this podcast like lying on a therapist's couch. The only thing they fit is the clown car. I can't walk, but I can drive the clown car. Uh, all the links are in the the friggin bio check them out it's all good and at the end of every episode we like to take the time to shout out those who supported us on patreon so let's go thank you to joanna williams come on down to joanna wills yams any kind of yam you can imagine joanna has in the warehouse i didn't even know there was multiple types of yams multiple types of yams. There's a lot of yams. Okay, you got sweet yams, salty yams. Actually, it's the same type, just cooked differently. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. There's only one type of yam. Okay, so the exact opposite of... And she is sold out, so wow. No yams. Thank you to Becca Tauri. Becca will rack ya. <laughs> this lady walks around with a sledgehammer the size of the Eiffel freaking tower. Just getting pleasure out of smashing whatever you have and whatever she can get her hands on. Jesus, it's aggressive. It's pretty rock and roll, I'm not going to lie. I think it's actually pretty cool. I'm into it. Wreck away. Thank you to Undead Smarty. Kind of cool to have an Undead Smarty because usually the undead are not known for their brains on account of other people having eaten them. So to have a scholar of the undead... Wait a minute, the undead have not have... Have not have 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 not have had had their You're brains undead. Ugh. Let me get a closer look at your <laughs> skull. Uh, they have not had their brains eaten, right? The undead. Well, they're not very smart. Yeah, that's true. Why do they want to eat brains? Is that just the best bit of a human? I or do they like want to get smarter? I don't know. Yeah, because a lot of other human things. That's to a. Eat. F- pain in the ass to get to as well you it's, it's basically the hardest thing to eat yeah it's in a little case that's a really good point 
I'm glad that we don't see things from the perspective of zombies. Yeah, That's good too. that we don't see eye to eye on that. Thank you to Ashley Jackson. Whoa, it's Smashly Ashley, the girl with the freaking shovel the size of the Eiffel Tower. Where are we all getting these bonus-sized tools? That's right. Uh, these two ladies, they just go around smashing things, um, which is pretty good because you can kind of utilize them if... Uh, you need to like clear a, a you know a building site or something that needs to be knocked or even down. A nuclear reactor or something. Yeah, like hypothetically, like a glowing bunker if it yeah. needed to be taken down. These girls will really come in handy. Hmm. Good to know. Thank you also to Kiva Dalton. Kiva Dalton can weave a dolphin. Interesting. I don't know what that means. We you know weaving? Yeah. She weaves dolphins. Okay. Like little dolphins. Wait, alive? what the fuck does weaving mean? <laughs> Do I have this right? <laughs> no, but are they are they like alive? I don't know. What does weaving mean? <laughs> it's like like knitting or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm right. Yeah, she knits little dolphins. Like, no, they're not real. They're like little she toys. She can animate animals no, from I... fabric. No, you're getting the wrong end of the stick here. It, this it's... is incredible, Kiva. We need to talk because there's actually we really don't. My beloved Fluffy passed away and i would love if you could do something with fluffy she can't bring your dog back i'm sorry I really she could make you a little she can one do the little dolphins it sounds like she can bring fluffy back we need honestly. to move, so, <laughs> move on um kiva I- i've been waiting my whole life for this lifeline so he's just hearing that you exist i'm sorry kiva he's not made getting my it week. okay thank you to sarah beamish sarah beamish is pretty squeamish uh, which you really don't want for the head surgeon at one of the most popular and um, uh, sought-after hospitals in the world. Wow, yeah, yeah. it's not a good thing. I, I think mean, I heard of that. That surgeon that's been passing out in the first five seconds, first slice it's pretty of surgery. Bad. She's got those, like, you know, rock-steady hands, mm. so it's it's pretty incredible the work she does, but it has to be done in pretty much five-minute uh, periods because she just blacks out immediately yeah. at the first little sight of blood. That's a bad, uh, you need a new job. Thank you to Dallas Varnum. Dallas lives in a palace, but no one, uh, no one knows. He's been living in a shed at the back of Buckingham Palace for a while, and he's hoping that the squatters' rights are going to kick in any minute and he's going to own the bish as soon as the queen goes off on holes. I wonder how long... I don't know how long squatters' rights need to kick in. Uh, 90 years. He's pretty... He's <laughs> wow. pretty up there. He might not actually get to enjoy the fruits of his labor. Um, so, we'll see. It's a dice roll for sure. Good luck to you, buddy. Thank you to Bridie Kelly. Whoa, look out for Mighty Kelly. Two fists the size of the... <laughs> Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Tower, you're right, brother. Interesting. Smash and everything they can get their <laughs> giant hands on. Are these women megazords or something? How do they have fists the size of one of the largest landmarks in Europe? I'm just going to say right off the bat, they really weren't that angry or powerful mm-hmm. until the arrival of the glowing bunker. Oh, that's been a long It yeah. could be some side effects. Um, but uh, I'm glad to see they're they're kind of trying to harness their anger and power for for good reasons, aka smashing things. Thank you also to Meta Freak. You know what they say: Meta in the streets, Freak in the beats. Ooh, uh, Meta Freak lives in a beetroot patch. Oh no! I thought you could say like, he's like a 
DJ or something like in the no, beats. No, 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 no. He's been camping out squatter style. Okay, in another a beetroot squ- patch. Kind of a weird place when you think about it. Nothing to really earn or own. Yeah, what are you claiming? The what beetroots? Are you, what are you using as shelter? The beets? I mean, pretty tasty or something, but... But I have a strange feeling they're going to outlive us all. Thank you to Adam Burke. Adam Twerk. He's got a butt that just won't quit. I mean, literally, this thing is shaking like a washing machine. Good uh, God. He cannot get it to stop. It's like one of those people that, that have been like hiccuping for 10 years. Oh, no. He's been twerking for 12 months straight. Uh, it's, it's, it's really affecting his social life. Um, and his sitting. <laughs> so, uh, uh, just best of luck to him, really. Wow. I hope it all twerks sorry out. Sorry to hear that. Thank you to Foolish Overlord. Look, there is not room for another Foolish Overlord in the Paranormal Commune. Uh, those two positions have been filled. There's arguably one too many. <laughs> we've already we've already got two, for Christ's sake. Um, so, if you could just join the others, uh... And in the line for the gruel, that would be fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> he turns up to the commune day one. Jesus, I thought I was a foolish overlord. <laughs> I'm a sensible, regular overlord by comparison. Thank you to Oren Douglas. Also known as Foreign Douglas. Because he's from the exotic world of Agartha. <laughs> That's right, the hollow earth, baby. That's about as foreign as it gets. It's pretty freaking weird. Um... Let us in, dude. This is like me at the doors of Agartha saying that I know a guy on the inside. <laughs> I'm like, he can let... He, he totally. He said it was cool. Maybe I, I'll try and call him. He's not picking up anymore. Straight to just hung up immediately. There's no service in there. It's totally, totally makes sense. Uh, but just text us. Get Door in touch. Doorman's like, there's service. There's plenty. <laughs> in Agartha, there's service. Thank you to Jordan Artis. Jordan Artis is an important artist, which is why we need him in the commune. The walls are a little bare. The walls are a bit missing in parts, actually, on account of the nuclear explosion that devastated the area. So we need a little art to cheer up the people. That's true. That's true. If we could just maybe not mention the explosion. It was a controlled detonation. it It was an explosion of culture is what it was, if Jordan has anything to say in the matter. Great. Nice twist. Jordan, we just ask that you don't actually anything that's going on is going to be a bit depressing yeah yeah we don't want it to be like a mural no. uh that kind of like depicts the living conditions of the paranormal commune we, we very much want it to be uh commune propaganda that would be great <laughs> did i say that out loud <laughs> thank you to sherwin klein sherwin i'm inclined to offer you a pretty sweet deal on a pretty tiny car. But the mileage is borderline non-existent. This thing has barely driven a mile in its its, its lifetime. Can it drive a mile? Up for debate. It's a, it's a very good question. It has been in, despite going nowhere, it has been in one devastating crash. In which the driver did not come out well. Pointing to exhibit me. See link regarding GoFundMe. <laughs> But you know what they say, my friend. The insurance company says lightning doesn't hit the same place twice. So you're going to want to pick up on this sweet deal ASAP. Thank you to Thomas Hecht. Thomas Hecht can always deflect. Bullets. Arrows. Questions. That is a skill that uh, we definitely need here at the Paranormal Commune. Is the... uh, 
the unwavering ability to deflect questions. Uh, mm. So if you are interested in joining and you can teach us some of your skills, we'd really appreciate that, Thomas. You're chief propaganda officer to team up with our artist friend to really start making up shit. Thank you to Victoria King. Victoria, we're just going to need you to just keep that last name on the DL because we don't want anyone getting any crazy ideas about the one true king who's going to... There's been a lot of talk about the savior of the commune and uh, how that's not us, uh, which is pretty galling. Yeah. Um, so we just don't want any, anyone getting any ideas about some kind of some kind of messiah figure. We're going to just change that name. Which, granted, you do fit the prophecy. You do absolutely in every description of you. You are the chosen one. Yeah. We shouldn't have had that mural painted because it's really it's pretty heavy on the Messiah part of the prophecy and not the actually pretty dope living quarters that we built to start the place. Thank you to Chloe Housen. Chloe, who has now, of course, been nicknamed Glowy Chloe on account of being in the bunker when the uh, controlled explosion took place. Oh, dear. Uh, she is bright green. She is almost blinding. I think it, it it is it is dangerous to even look at her. Um, she 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 needs an eye mask to sleep at night on account of her own blinding <laughs> presence, which is actually sounds kind of beautiful. It's a painful existence, but it sounds pretty beautiful. So I hope you're doing good. Thank you. Lastly, but not leastly, to Darius Aitkenhead. Darius, I think I'm gonna marry Chloe. Will you marry us, Darius? She is literally the light of my life uh, because I saw her and I saw no more. <laughs> so uh, if you could just, Darius, just walk me up to the uh, the altar and don't look at her. Yeah. You too will go blind. And if you, I mean, I bought a ring, but I mean, Jesus, the whole thing is going to melt if you put it anywhere near her. So maybe just, I don't know smile or like wave at her or something that can be like i don't i can't because we can't also you, you can't even do like you may now kiss the bride right because i will cook yeah. in her beauty and radioactive but, uh, but it'll be the happiest and last day of your life yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great darius thank you to everyone we've shouted out today and everyone we are yet to shout out thank you for being so patient we are getting through our list of names We will be back next Tuesday, as always, with a brand new Paranormal Tale. We'll see you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.